0: Tell it to the trees. This was once high praise in the village below the woods. It was what you might say at the close of a lively tale, told at dusk in late December, with a good fire snapping at the coals. Not bad. You always were a dab at a story. You should tell it to the trees, see what they make of it. If the mood was right, If there was a clear moon and no call to retire early, maybe you'd go further. Let's do it, you'd say. Come on, let's go and tell them. If your companions were willing, you'd take up your cloaks and hats, fetch a lantern and stumble outside into the dark. You'd go softly through the dreaming village and the moon-shadowed fields, up the hill to mock beggar woods, By the time you reached the trees, you might have begun to regret your earlier enthusiasm. The woods were an imposing presence by night. Nobody knew how old Mockbeggar was, or how big. The outside had been mapped and measured, but once you were in there it seemed to stretch much further, fern and nettle, oak and beech, green on green for miles. Some nights, it was said, you might find yourself walking amongst trees that had fallen centuries before. Mockbeggar grew by itself, hundreds of years before people took to tree planting in this part of the world, and yet it was said that human beings had played their small part in its cultivation. In a distant time, the story ran, people cleared trees from the edge of Mockbeggar to make space for themselves a place to build and farm. They moved in and stayed a while, and then they were gone, wandering or dead. No one could say for sure now. But they left their relics behind, smashed pots, lost coins, assorted bones. And decade by decade, root by root, the trees moved back and swallowed it all. The saplings grew tall on a diet of history. This would go some way to explaining why Mockbeggar was the way it was, because it was widely agreed that the trees in that wood remembered. They could whisper to one another of things past and days long gone. They were hungry for human dramas, and they loved to hear stories from the village below. If you whispered your tale by moonlight, the trees listened best by moonlight. You might hear Mockbeggar whisper back. The story would rustle from leaf to leaf, branch to branch, all the way to the shadowed, thorny heart of the woods, where no human had ever ventured. When the trees listened. A story lived. It became vivid. It took possession. You'd be there at its center, watching it all unfold. It was worth braving the dark and the cold for this subtle magic. Sometimes the woods heard a story they particularly liked. The trees would listen in rare stillness until the tale was finished. Then a wind would move through the branches making the leaves rustle. The old oaks and beeches would whisper, this one we will keep. These were the stories that belonged to the tellers, that had their roots in village soil, stories with blood in their veins. Often they were stories of those who had been lost, after a death, it was custom to walk up the hill and entrust to beggar your memories of the one who was gone. The trees would listen, and sometimes they would whisper, yes, this one. Consequently, it was not unknown for the dead to linger in those woods. 200 years ago, this was small cause for concern. In the village, they were used to mock beggar and its ways. It was well known that a story told there, even a game of imagination played beneath its shifting, leafy shadows, might stick like a burr. The stories could cling in that subtle way that pollen clings, invisible in the throat, or showing at the sleeve as the faintest trace of gold dust. Sometimes the stories lasted too long, or clutched too tightly. Two hundred years ago, people had simple remedies for the wood's stings and snares, and they agreed that the dangers were a tolerable price to pay for mock beggars' gifts. In the centuries that followed, the trees had a great deal to observe. The village never knew a lord or squire. Instead. It was a refuge for those unwanted in other villages, the disappointed and the dissolute, the seduced and the abandoned. These burdens on the parish refused to decently shrivel and die. They drudged or poached or starved, clinging fast to lives that were only occasionally sweet, and all the while Mockbeggar watched and listened. The bells rang in the little church at the edge of the woods, and the trees saw the people come and go, brides, beers, and babies passed in and out of the dark oak door. Things were as they were, and nobody wanted them different. But all this was long ago. Customs changed, and the village changed, and perhaps the woods changed too, They were an object of suspicion in the village now. All wonder and reverence were gone. In these later years, Mockbeggar was left mostly to itself. The little church was quiet, and the paths through the woods were all shut.